Welcome to The Deep Place on Creativity and Spirituality. Friends, you are listening to Season 3 of The Deep Place Podcast. And in this season, we are going on a journey, the creative journey. My name's Joel McCarrow, and I'll be somewhat of a guide through the strange and wild lands that make up our creative worlds. So would you take my hand, shake the dust, pick up your packs, and let's go. The Deep Place podcast was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, a land that was stolen. As a podcast, we pay our respects to the traditional custodians and storytellers of this land. And we thank Auntie Di Kerr for her blessing to tell stories and poetry on this land. Friends, welcome to episode 53 of the Deep Place podcast. We are nearing the end of this season, which is really sad. There's only a few more episodes to go, uh, but I hope it's been so enjoyable for you. Um, Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to introduce you to Chelsea McGow. You're going to hear her bio and stuff later as I interview her. Um, But I wanted to jump on to start with just to say, we talk about this towards the end of the podcast, but I want to bring it up at the start to say Chelsea and I are actually have just in the last week released on Spotify and all the streaming things, um, Apple Music and everywhere, a new album together. It's called Flow, an improvised poetic meditation. So it's a meditative album made up of poetry and cello smooshed together Uh, but it is fully improvised. So it's improvised poetry and it's improvised cello and we bought it together and uh, bought it out as a meditative thing, as something for you to uh, put some headphones on, sit down, close your eyes and be present to yourself. I'd recommend like doing it um, even kind of each, listen to like one track each morning for uh, 10 days or or over a time. Don't feel like you've got to listen to the whole album in one go. Just listen to one track. I, I, I really think you'll love it. I loved doing this album with Chelsea. I think it's really special and really unique as well, um, smushing together the improvised and the poetic and the meditative and the cello. It's a whole lot of bringing together of things. It's a wonderful creative experiment that I got to do with Chelsea. So go and have a listen uh, to that. But firstly, you can listen to uh, how Chelsea and I first connected and the story around her music um, and all that she does and how we brought this album together in this interview right about now. So welcome to the Deep Place podcast, Chelsea. It is wonderful, wonderful to have you here. We're chatting with Chelsea McGow. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much, Joel. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's not really coming in, is it? You're like (laughs) overseas. You're halfway around the world in Nashville. Uh, Yeah. And I'm I'm here in Melbourne. How's Nashville today? It's wonderful. You know, Nashville winters are so interesting because... It never gets super cold, but the sun doesn't like to come out very much. So it's a typical Nashville winter day where it's 50 degrees, but I don't know where the sun is. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you? Do, 
didn't you just say to me that you just had like a massive snowstorm? Yeah, over Christmas. It was wild. Well, were you were you blocked into your house or were you Oh, no, it doesn't usually get that bad, but whenever okay. we do get ice or snow in the south, it's an event. It's an right, event okay. for sure. Even yeah. if it's just a little bit, yeah. And being in Nashville, I'm just thinking, actually, I should read out your bio quickly. Chelsea McGow is a cellist, composer, and producer based in Nashville, Tennessee. It says all the nice things about you. I like it when bios say all the nice things about people. She masterfully, masterfully, isn't that beautiful? (laughs) She masterfully blends acoustic cello with synthetic elements and sound design to create evocative and transformative pieces. Yes. Uh, Her music explores the entire spectrum of human emotion, both in ways subtle and captivating. Chelsea's intention with her music is to create a space for listeners to slow down and connect with themselves. There's so much I want to talk to you about just about your bio, Actually, but um, you've had compositions in uh, films, television, social media ad campaigns on Bridgerton. How was it working on Bridgerton? Was that fun? Oh my gosh! Well, first of all, uh, they had just licensed some of my music from a library that I used to work for, uh-huh. and I was laying on my couch at one a.m. one night, and I love Bridgerton. I love the yeah. show, so I. Yeah. I, I was just checking out the podcast because I love the show. And then I hear this cello part and it was like so late at night that I had to pause and make sure that I wasn't like dreaming or just in a delirious state. And I was like, that's my cello. <laughs> it was yours. So, and they, oh, they yeah. had used it from like a, one of your library, music library kind of things. Yeah. So I haven't worked directly with Bridgerton, but to hear my music used on their podcast was, you know, Uh, a wild experience. So that's amazing. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so random to hear your music being played one night late. I like that. It really is. It's happened a couple times with other ads, like TV ads. And it just, I have to pause it and be like, Am I dreaming this? Is this just like what my brain wants to to believe is happening or is this yeah. actually happening? And yeah. it's always so, so exciting. So Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And being in Nashville, you're like a musician in Nashville, which is kind of um I don't know, you could kind of pick a rock up and throw it and it'll probably hit a musician in Nashville. <laughs> that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a lot of music. Have you have you grown up in Nashville or did you move to Nashville to 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 chase the musician's dream as many people do. What, what's that been? What's your life looked like before this? Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> how much time do we have? Um, so I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, and okay. I was born and raised there. I went to music school in Atlanta and very short story, you know, went to music school, got super burnt out. I quit music thinking that wow. I would never go back and never quit, play my quit cello the school again. Or quit the school or totally quit music? Quit music. I graduated wow. from Georgia State and then like immediately quit because wow. I was just, con- I was also kind of convinced that that kind of music life was not for me. Wow. Um, yeah. So for the next five years, I traveled, I did a bunch of random stuff, found my way back to music and then shortly after that, moved to Nashville in 2016. Wow, okay. So I've been here ever since, yeah. 
And how's the pursuing of the musical career in Nashville? Is it as hard as I think it might be, kind of getting noticed in Nashville or? Um, I would say it depends on what you're trying to do and, you know, what sect of the industry that you're in. I mean, there are a lot of um, artists here, singer-songwriters. There are also a lot of just, like, gigging working, you know, hired gun people like myself. I started off that way. And then the past few years, as I've veered towards the writing and composing and producing, being in Nashville has mattered less and less just because I work remotely and can do what I do from anywhere. So Yeah, you're not like on the strip in Nashville playing cello in all the all the country rock <laughs> bars there. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I really can't because you play such beautiful cello music and not that the country rock over in Nashville isn't beautiful in its own way, but yes. uh, it's very it's very different what you do. <laughs> yeah, I would say the most Nashville kind of thing I do or was trying to do is to be a session musician and... Yeah. You know, there are a lot of string players here that do that primarily. And, you know, within a couple of years of being here, I was like, I don't think that this is my, you know, I don't mind doing some of it, but I have other dreams that I think are more aligned, you know, for what I want to do. And yeah, so that's mattered less and less to me. Yeah. back to the time when you quit music um i want to chat about that quickly um because for many artists like we're all on this whole season of of the deep place podcast is the creative journey and for many of us we do artistry is a struggle and it's hard and i'm and i i haven't even i didn't study poetry and writing and stuff at university but i know many people who did and many people who then um kind of lost the joy of it sadly through their university studies and it sounds like that was something that happened to you can you flesh out a little bit of for you what was happening at that point that got you all the way to the point of just going nah I'm done I'm out of it I'm out of this music world can you talk about that a little yeah that's such a it's such an emotional journey uh Mm. I I think a lot of it was exhaustion. I mean, I was just trying to take on... I don't think that the university... How do I say this? Schedule or infrastructure really supports students or even artists to um, do it in a sustainable way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so a lot of it was exhaustion. Yeah, A lot of it was just working within the classical music world world and the classical Uh. music mindset and 
I, I don't want to speak for all classical musicians or all, you know, classical music institutions, but it there's a lot of black or white thinking. Like mm. you're either good or you're not, or you have it or you don't have it. And the level of like perfectionism just really wore me down to the point yeah. where when I graduated, I was at a point where I was like, if I can't play Bach perfectly, then what's the point? And wow. I I didn't feel like I had anything to give as an artist because I was used to that conditioning of like that that binary black or white thinking. And yeah. I sadly just thought like I would rather live my life in a in a cubicle or doing something else <laughs> than constantly feeling bad about myself. <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of other factors that went into that too, but that was yeah, a big yeah. that was a big part of it was just being convinced that no matter how hard I worked, it wouldn't matter. And that yeah. if I can't reach the bar, then I might as well not show up, you know? Oh, Which wow. is really I, messed up if you think about it's really, it. <laughs> it's really messed up. All of that is so messed up as to how the approach towards creativity that sets a bar up there, especially yeah. within some, like within some creative fields, it's like, well, oh, just play and do whatever the heck you want. But classical yeah. music, um, obviously there has to be such technique and like there's obviously so much there that you need to be really good at. Yeah. As a like it's a very, um, it's a very inaccessible mode of creativity as opposed to something like poetry that's like, oh, anyone can pick up a pen and have a play and, and see, mm -hmm. but I can't just pick up a cello and, and kind of pump something out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then take it for someone like you or for the, I think of the many people who then um, try to take it to the next level. As you said, the next level is like extreme level of perfection. That's just, and mm -hmm. it's, that's hard. That's really hard. Yeah, there needed to be a significant amount of healing that needed to happen yeah. from that experience. Um, yeah, tell me about it, that then. Tell me about the yeah. healing. Tell me about the healing because I'd love to hear that journey. How did, it, how did you first then pick up the cello again and, and find your way back into it? Yeah, that's a great question. I So I had started co-writing with a friend of mine and mm. I was reminded that music can be fun, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is so it's like, yeah, of course, like we know this consciously, but for me to experience that I can play what I want and I can create what I want, that mm. is a freeing experience. And through another series of events, I wound up in Nashville. And I will say working on this side of the music industry has been really healing for me. Mm. And mm. you probably won't hear many people talk about the music industry that way. <laughs> but being in the more like pop commercial side of things, I have been able to let go of needing to do it perfectly and embracing wow. being myself and yeah. being able to get clear on what I want and like being from a space of what what do I want to create here yeah. and there yeah. that way there are no limits so yeah. being in that space has 
been a huge part of the healing process. That's amazing. I really love that. I love that yeah. it's, and I mean, even for, for listeners who feel like they're stuck in this particular mode of their own uh, creative thing, whether that be music or something else, we have listeners who do lots and lots and lots of different creative stuff. Like um, if the particular mode that you're stuck in isn't working, then mm-hmm. perhaps it is just allowing yourself to have a play with the, the same instrument or the same whatever with paint, in, with, with your stuff in a totally different way and and to find the freedom in that way again just to... I wonder if you needed to walk away, like mm-hmm. you needed to kind of walk away to actually then find the love of it again. Mm-hmm. And like if you had stayed slogging, I wonder if you'd still be doing it. Yeah, that, I think about that a lot. Probably not. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the mentality of there's no right or wrong has yeah. been huge for me. And that is something that I never got to experience in music school. Um, or even in classical music, because there is a right, there is a wrong. And to be freed from that has been, um, yeah, very healing. I keep coming back to that word, but it really, it really Mm. is been like, I, I still catch myself in that mentality sometimes. And the longer I stay with it, the more I'm able to switch to, no, there is no right or wrong. What? Yeah. What do I want to create? And then we yeah. go from there. So that's such a yeah. that's such a beautiful posture, I think, just to enter our creativity in rather than the meeting the bar of perfection. But what do I wanna what do I wanna create? I love that, that's so good. So the reason that we're chatting together is we got lumped together, dumped together by um, the beautiful man, Harris III, for the... Uh, um, we love Harris and and story. So story gathering has been Harris's thing and all the other millions of things that he does that comes under, I don't know what title it comes under these days for them, the Poetics, I think, or Istoria, one of his... It all comes under something. Harris the Third, look him up. Yeah, he's an absolute <laughs> champion. At, at he's a champion at championing creatives mm-hmm. um, in the world. And so we, I was heading over for um, the story gathering uh, in 2022 last year, and had asked, had just said to Harris, "Can I have a musician to do some stuff with?" And he and he gave me you, and that was wonderful. Yay! Um, <laughs> and we got to play together. So we improvised. Um, one of the things that I was doing over there at the conference was writing poetry based on what was happening um, on the stage. Uh, it's what I call being a poetic event scribe. So I hear the, the talks, the keynote talks that are happening and things like that. And I'm writing kind of in real time at that at that time throughout the day that I then jump up and perform it back to the audience. And you joined me in that creative, risky experiment. How was joining me in such a thing? 
Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, to watch you and your like zone of genius to to do oh. to watch you do what you do was so fun and so Thank inspiring you. to me because mm. like you were just able to like be in the flow of all of it so effortlessly mm. and that's something that I really struggle with. So, just to say that off the bat, like it was just an honor just to be on that journey mm, with you. you. And yeah. it was really, it was so fun to, to play with you. And it, it was challenging mm. for me and mm-hmm. at times uncomfortable, but in the best way. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cause I'm like, you know, I'm in this space of like composing and producing where I'm like, let's like go in with the scalpel and like, fix this one note of my recording and like playing with you or improvising in any way is like not that way. Yeah. 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 You've got to embrace the imperfections. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you were doing the very opposite probably of what your uh, university was teaching, (laughs) teaching you. Yes. the extreme opposite because you were improvising as well that's the thing there was no music there wasn't a score that you were playing to that I'd written poetry for it was you feeling the words out yeah uh, that I was saying and the heart and the vibe of them and running with it is that is that a good summation the very opposite of what you is perfect <laughs> you were taught to do perfect yeah <laughs> But risky for you, like that's a risk. Mm-hmm. That's that is to go from that world that you're used to, mm-hmm. um, and to play improv like that must uh, bring about some anxiety for yourself. Of course, yeah, and it's gotten a lot better over the years. But there's still, for sure, some like I just want to play the right thing. Mm. You know, back to that right or wrong mentality. It's like, oh, I just want to like play the right thing, and then playing with you. Even just like being next to you and witnessing how you're embracing the, you know, the flow is Mm. helping me let go of that, you know, binary thinking and just allowing myself to relax enough to Mm. be in that flow state as well. Is it, it, does it feel like a, does it feel like it is a letting go? Is that the sense? For me, it is. Yeah. Mm. And I need to sometimes even consciously tell myself that in order to relax because once I'm having yeah. fun, we're all good. Yeah. You know, we're, we're already there, yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's the anxiety and that clinging on to the, the right thing that prevents me from relaxing enough to have fun. Yeah. And so yeah. it's an, it's an intentional choice for you to let go in that moment. Like, are you, are you sitting there and you've got to, in your mind go, Take the breath, all right, and let's find our way into this and let go and allow it to happen. Is that an intentional choice? I would say so, yes. Even if it's like a very nuanced, like, microsecond, it's having the awareness of, oh, I know what this feeling of anxiety is. I know what this feeling of perfectionism is, and I need to just trust, like, breathe let go. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and from there in that moment, what are you then listening for? What do you listen for to like, are you listening? I know you obviously be listening to volume and tone and pace and things. Are you listening at, yeah, I'm wondering what you're, what, what are you listening for in there? 
Mm-hmm. Like when I'm improvising with you? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am trying to pay attention to more of the tone and the emotionality of what you're saying and mm. trying to channel that into how I can express that with the music. Um, yeah. And it's really tricky because that changes quickly. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I loved it. But it, it also felt like a good, um, like, back and forth. Like, we were, like, yeah, playing together. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Yeah, I some of it is volume. Like when you're starting to kind of ramp up, I feel like I need yeah. to do that too to support you. And yeah. then same with the opposite. But a lot of it yeah. is the tone and the uh, emotionality of it. said that that it is um it's a it's a dialogue between us and that's what it feels like for me on stage whenever I play with a musician and especially um with someone who's able to run with it as beautiful as you were part of my energy is coming from you which I love often like if I'm if I'm on stage by myself I can for want of a better phrase I can feel lonely up there Mm-hmm. Like it's me and I, and I get the vibe from the audience and I do, I definitely feed off the audience, which was, which is hard when you're in a, in a hall with blinding lights and you know, there's a thousand yeah. people in front of you and you can't really see their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have, to have someone to vibe with, um, and to have that, to, to run off and feel myself yeah, like I could feel the music pushing me and bringing out of me that what the piece needed, mm-hmm. um, which I love, which I think is a testament to your skill and a testament to probably this whole thing like that, that seem, this podcast seems to be about is, is a testament to the ability to let go and, and trust in the flow to, yeah. um, to as artists give ourselves to these moments in collaborative work and in other works that just trust that we're going to be okay, even if we screw up in front of a thousand people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to hear your experience or your side of the experience because, you know, when we would get done, I was like, I don't know. I mean, it was fun, but I don't know if how that went, you know, I hope that, I wanted you to feel supported by the yeah. music and I'm hearing that you, that you did. And I'm glad that yeah. it, you know, I was able to assist in that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's always lovely then as well. Like I had lots of people coming up to me talking about how they were in tears from what we did, which was amazing, <gasps> which is always amazing to wow. hear. 
Um, so so it's nice to go when we get off stage as us insecure artists are like, <laughs> did, it, did it do the thing that we want it to do? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's always there. Yeah. Did I do it? <laughs> Was it good? Somebody told yeah. me. <laughs> yes. Which is, which is my own, uh, one of my own um, shadow side things often comes out in that, the insecurity of needing affirmation from people, especially when you get down from a stage. Yeah. Um, but I think, but I think what happens when, when you're with, for me, what it felt like in that moment, there was, there was a magic in that moment, mm-hmm. um, as, as we played together and, and it was wonderful that the audience felt that, but because I, like, I think we got to that point of kind of, there's some performances where it's just you perform and you get down and a few people might be moved by it, but you're doing your job, you're doing your work. You're, And yes, I, I'm as present as I can be in all my performances, but there's some that take off to that next level. And mm-hmm. I was even talking about it at the Story Festival. Um, my whole talk was around pixie dust. Um, the the kind of talk that I the keynote that I gave there around those that we show up to our creativity and we can make good work through hard work and practice and skill and giving ourselves to this thing we can make good work but there's something almost indescribable that takes good work and makes it great work makes it mm-hmm. um, transcendent something mm-hmm. um, and it felt like that happened in that moment um, that kind of yeah that kind of transcendence that mad, that pixie dust began to fall and when that happens I'm like I don't even care what like the experience of the audience at this point like I have this this was as much for me as for the audience or I I was so moved by this that this is enough. And I, I love that. I, I, I just, I want that to be with all of our creativity, you know, like <laughs> that regardless of any response coming out of this thing, this is enough. Just that we got to be here and create is enough regardless of social media response, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the same as you. Yeah, definitely. While you were talking, the phrase like, um, harnessing the intangible came to me and oh. that's what it feels like. Like, um, mm. I, there's this metaphor that I come back to a lot in terms of, you know, for those of us who do creative work and are making money off of it. And mm. it's, it's like you show up to the train station every day and it's your job mm. to show up to the train station, whether or not the train comes, The train sometimes comes, the train sometimes doesn't come, but you have to be there at the train station. And if you, if you don't show up at the train station, you're not going to know if the train comes or not, you know? And that's how it feels (laughs) like showing up in doing creative work and there being this like, you know, standard of excellence and needing to produce good things (laughs) and Mm -hmm. which can be a lot of pressure but it's like if you if you show up you're the train's gonna come it's just you don't know when (laughs) and when it does come though talking to your experience it's like the the pixie dust yeah it's it's great and it's okay if it doesn't happen all the time 
But for those of us who do get to experience it, it's like, oh my God, I want this all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably a. It's probably actually a drug. I mean, they all the all the studies and stuff do show that all the endorphins and the everything, all the chemical stuff happening in your brain is pretty similar to to drugs. Um, to that high you get. So we're probably just addicted to a different form of drug. Let's be honest. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, it's like once, once we get to that point and experience it, it's like, ah, I want to be able to like have this all the time, but yeah, you know, I don't know. But it doesn't happen all the time. And, and that's, and that's part of the creative thing as well. And this is, this is the wrestle I was even chatting with someone yesterday that I'm mentoring about this is we can get so fixated on those moments that especially for writers like that the whole idea of uh, I I write when I get inspired like I write when I feel the flow but actually I, I think kind of as you were saying that showing up at the train station is the intentional choice to write or to create or whatever the thing is you're doing whether you're going to feel the flow or not, whether inspiration, whether it's going to feel like wading through wet cement and you've got to bleed out every word <laughs> out mm-hmm. of a stone, um, that though I think that creativity is just as important as the creative flow state creativity. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, yeah, I'm like, Chelsea, remember that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just as important. Yeah. It's hard to experience the the pixie dust and be like that's yeah. the best kind of creative creativity but waiting on the train that stuff is not as good but what what i hear you saying is that it's all important yeah i th- I, I, th- I think it really is let me drop in here some words from our sponsors liz Mullaney says come home to yourself you're a lovely place to be Ah, come home to yourself. You are a lovely place to be. She is full of wisdom, Liz Mullaney, and all the different writers and authors that she gets to to bring stuff together to become The Practice Co. It's an app uh, and a whole lot of other stuff, uh, a community really of people who are trying to work through what does it look like to come home to yourself and to allow yourself to be that lovely place. If you're trying to work through your own spiritual journey, check out thepracticeco.com. I've talked a lot about one of our sponsors, ACOM, Australian College of Ministry, and the course that I run there. But one of the other courses you can do there is the Art and Science of Formation. Uh, And the write-up about this says, this practical unit invites us to reclaim the word discipline as a creative and positive dimension in our spiritual lives. As we train in the spiritual disciplines, we create new patterns of interaction, giving rise to the kinds of transformation that our heart and soul so deeply desires. I talk lots in the deep place about creative rhythms, creative disciplines, creative practice. And this course to me looks beautiful in the terms of creating a rhythm of life in your spiritual practice and I would say as well in your creative practice that's going to really help you actually live out the stuff that you want to be on about so go if you're interested in in online accredited study go and check out acom.edu.au what I find interesting as well is that people 
there's some people who will be moved by when I'm in a flow state and when I like write something that I'm like, I'm writing and I'm like, ah, oh, yes, this is flowing. This is amazing. This is wonderful. Um, and then I'll come back to that piece later and be like, whoa, that was a woeful piece of something else. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I do the hard work piece. So my creative practice to write a poem every day and many days I don't feel like it, but I still write that poetry and a lot of it's crap. A lot of it doesn't work. But one, the only way that I could do what I did at Story is because I have that creative practice. There's no way that I could get up and create and find find that flow or put myself in a position for that magic to happen if I wasn't doing that disciplined hard work every, every day. But mm-hmm. then I go back, that's the thing, is then I go back to those wading through wet cement poetry pieces that felt hard that I was like oh this is crap as I'm doing it but it's just my daily practice and I need to do it I need to show up at the train station yeah Um, I come back to those months later and I'm like oh there's gold in there like there's Mm. real gold in there maybe even more so at definitely sometimes more so than the creative flow state poetry that I write there's beautiful gold and and then people come to me and are like, oh, that piece where you did this and this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that piece that I, like, hated and mm-hmm. <laughs> and as I was writing it felt like it was shit. Just that's the piece that got to you? I can't mm-hmm. believe that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what a challenge What a challenge for us as creative. But to hold both, I think that's what we're talking about, is holding both is really, really important. And so the you couldn't do what you're doing now if it wasn't for the training that you had at university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, as crap as that time was, it <sighs> wouldn't be able to happen. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're so right, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and this is like, this is the journey that we mm. as creatives, you know, this is like, I know your podcast is about creativity and spirituality, and this is yeah, yeah. right this right at that intersection. Like, yeah, how can we evolve as humans and as artists, mm. as creatives, and honor all parts of ourselves? And yeah, this is a big part of that. So, so good. I love that you're taking it there because... Um, it's the same in our humanity, not just our creative expression and our creative flow, but in our humanity, in our spiritual journeys, um, faith journeys, in our, whatever that looks like for people. Perhaps it's actually about holding both as well. Like, because mm-hmm. we have those moments of life that we feel or our spirituality that we feel are transcendent. Um, mm-hmm. And we can get pretty addicted to those and feel like the everyday moments are just whatever like they're just Mm -hmm. the everyday whatever slog of going to work of doing this of doing that but actually maybe maybe what we're talking about is also the the recipe for a holistic beautiful life to be able to hold both those transcendent moments but then the hard work disciplined practices of becoming better humans yeah (laughs) Because that doesn't feel like feel good all the time. Like I'm struggling at the moment. For a while, I had a really good practice of running every day, and I'm struggling to get back into that running. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even with the practice like running, there's moments of beautiful, like where you hit that running physical flow state kind of thing, which is wonderful. But most of it is just hard slog. Mm-hmm. So even in running practice, there's that. 
how how do here's my question how do we transposing this um you're good at transposing you do a lot of this i'm sure in musical world but how we transpose it from music to life what we're talking about Mm. what does that look like for you how have you been able to to hold both these things the flow and the discipline practice how you've been able to hold these together in your own maybe spirituality your own Mm -hmm. humanity what does that look like for you chelsea Yeah, I would say I keep going back to the both and, um, Mm. you know, holding both at the same time and Mm. also giving myself grace to ebb and flow with life because there are going to be times where I am super disciplined and I'm really putting in the hours and I'm showing up regardless and whatever and then there are other times in life where I'm resting a lot and I'm allowing myself yeah. to pull back and yeah. I just try and pay attention to what's coming to me and also pay attention to like whatever I need in any given moment and that's yeah. really tricky nuanced thing because sometimes it's like I want to scroll on Instagram for hours, but actually what I truly need is to get to work or write some Uh, music or whatever. So yeah, I guess I just uh, try to be in that state of ebb and flow and give myself grace to embrace that. Um, Yeah. I love, I love what you, the paying attention. I think I love what you said because, because that's the same with our creative and exactly what you were talking about with the improvisational stuff in yeah. terms of running with me at story is it's you paying attention to the emotionality and to what is happening. What if we paid that much attention in our everyday lives yeah. to, to the emotionality of what is happening inside us and the relationships that we have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If we came at life with as, if I came at life, let's be honest, if I came at life with as much paying attention mm-hmm. as I come to when I am engaged in my creative practice of listening and, and transposing an event into a poem or listening to someone's story and, and writing a poem out of it. If I just had that kind of like ears attuned, eyes open to the world around me, to the ebb and flow of what is happening inside me and inside my relationships, mm-hmm. I just, it's the way. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's such an important first step, I think, to enter into holistic, integrated, full life that we want to live, the the paying attention and going mm-hmm. with that flow. Yeah, and that you're not going to be able to control it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is the thing for me, at least. <laughs> yeah, to allow the ebb and flow of it to happen, to not just mm-hmm. – and, that, and that's the holding both. Uh, that's the allowing yourself – the flow state kind of stuff is the same in life. Yeah. It's okay to, to not being, you're not going to be able to control it all mm-hmm. and have it all exactly as you want it. Yeah. But perhaps that's where the magic lies. <gasps> yes, the magic, <laughs> the pixie dust.
This has been such a beautiful conversation. And part of this beautiful conversation is the other exciting thing is that we have not only got to collaborate at Story in Nashville, but we've actually then collaborated since then, which is super exciting, on something that these listeners can even get into. In fact, everyone can get into. So we have, we've bought an album together, Chelsea and I. Yay! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Which is wonderful. So we had such a wonderful, great time playing at um, Story together that I had been listening to a meditative um, some meditative stuff by a guy named Ram Dass, some of you might have heard of. Um, and um, he was kind of doing meditative, reflective thing. And and as I was, I've been listening to this, I've been like, ah, oh, like there was just constantly words coming up for me, like the poetic coming up inside me as I was listening to this beautiful, uh, amazing other spiritual guru kind of guy. And I just needed to get the words out. This is how it began. Like I, I was like, oh, I, I, it felt like there was this brimming, 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 like there was, and we talk about this, I talk about this on the album, like this dam that wanted to explode. Mm. This water was flowing into me and I'm like, how the heck do I get this water out of me? And, and so I then went and recorded nine pieces of improvised, poetic meditation um, of just going with the flow in the moment, having not written anything, but allowing whatever wanted to come out, come out, which is a big risky thing. And most of the way, as I'm going through it, I'm like, I don't know if this is working, but I'm having fun and this is what I needed to do. (laughs) And that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then ended up with these nine pieces, which I then gave to Chelsea, who has bought her wonderful beautiful, stunning, uh, attentive um, ear to these to these poetry pieces and brought cello behind all of them. And it's beautiful. It's amazing, Chelsea. Thank it's stunning. you. Thank you so much. Welcome. You're here. You've arrived wherever here may be for you right now. This is where you are. So let yourself sink in. A weight that drops so slowly through the water. Down. Down, still water, deep water, still water, deep water. There is an ocean that surrounds you. So what better place to begin than being surrounded by something so much larger than you? How, how was the process for you of, of doing this? Was it similar to what we did at Story? What, what did that process look like to bring together nine, because that's a lot, nine cello tracks um, sitting underneath 
working with the poetry that I was sharing? What did that look like for you? Yeah, everything we've been talking about here today, you know, came up for me when I was working mm. on this album. And yeah. yeah, I, you know, the first or, or one of the tracks or meditations, you named it Let Go. And yes. I I really needed to practice that as I was doing it. And uh. I, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was challenging for me, but it was really great. It was so fun. And it was also really fun on the back end to just try and explore different flavors of yeah. kind of like supportive, um, cello parts and yeah, yeah. You know, I was also kind of surprised with what I came up with for some of them, but you know, it comes back to that trust of I feel like what I needed to create in the moment is what needs to happen. You yeah, know, um, there's one, a part of one meditation where you're talking about light and yeah. It has this very like sweet and hopeful tone to it, but I ended yeah. up playing something kind of like drony and yeah. And normally I would think, oh well, I need to play something like happy or whatever or hopeful, but yeah. I actually really like how I, uh. Uh, you know, it was just an exercise of like going with what came to me initially, going with my gut reaction yeah. and, and just going with that and not second guessing myself um, yeah, was yeah. a huge part of the process for me. So I love that. I love that the, well, that the first track, I think it's the first track called Let, let It Go, not the, um, not the Elsa frozen Let It Go, but yeah. Let It Go. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you should have come in with some Elsa Frozen. That would have been oh great. Oh my god! Um, but I, I love that the the thematic heart of that first track then became the foundation for you to do the rest of it. Like, oh, and, that's so true. And that yeah. that's and that that's been the foundation essentially of this whole podcast episode. Like, yeah. we'll call this the Frozen Let It Go <laughs> podcast. Ep- no, we won't. We really won't. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, but I. It, it's it's beautiful. It's stunning what you have done, and I love the the different like at times droning, at times plucking, at times what you would normally do with with cello of, of vibing with what's out. Like you've just brought it all together so magnificently, and it feels like on all of them that the sense that was coming to me was the music feels like an anchor to the voice. Mm. Like it feels like it holds the voice in its little musical hands mm-hmm. um, to then offer out to the people. Um, and I, I've just, I've loved this process. I've loved the story process um, and have loved this podcast. And I'm so excited for our, for the listeners to, to get on. Will, as this episode is released, um, I'll be re- releasing the spot, the Spotify at the same time. So you'll be able to go right now, listeners, right now, like actually right now, you can go and listen to this um, poetic meditation album. My advice would be to put on headphones, find a dark space, maybe a whiskey or a wine or um, 
or something uh, and maybe some chocolate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always chocolate. <laughs> uh, to, to take it. Almost in, I, what I would say is listen to one. In fact, here's my challenge. Listeners, here's the challenge. Listen to one each day over the next week um, or over the next, how many did we do? Nine of them. Because um, I think if you listen to all of them in one go, you'll probably fall asleep halfway through because it's meditative, <laughs> which is wonderful. So definitely do that. Mm-hmm. But I think start with listen to one each day and just and and allow it to speak into the depths of you. That's That's the heart of what, what we're doing, even remember Chelsea's bio right at the start. Where's your bio? Let me read it again. Um, masterfully blending acoustic cello with synthetic elements and sound design, create evocative and transform, transportive, transportive pieces, exploring the entire spectrum of human emotion in subtle and captivating ways. Chelsea's intention with her music is to create a space for listeners to slow down and connect with themselves. That's exactly, exactly what this whole album is. Um, do you want to say anything to finish off Chelsea as people go and listen to meditation and Zen out for a while? Yeah, just, um, just get ready. When I, I remember the first time I listened to the, the first track at first, Mm. at first I, uh, to be honest, I had Mm. a little anxiety working on it. And then I was just listening to your, to your voice and about halfway through, I started to get kind of emotional just because it, it like really, it just, it really gets to the heart, to Mm. the heart of it, like so beautifully. And Mm. I, I'm just so honored that I was able to contribute some cello and take it to Uh. the next level. And I really hope that everyone enjoys it because I know I did. So yeah. Yeah. Taking it to the pixie dust level. Yes. Pixie dust. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as we finish, people can find you at chelseamagow.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A-M-C-G-O-U-G-H.com. And they can find your music there. And you sell like samples of music stuff, cello samples and all that kind of stuff there. Is that right? Yes. If you are a music creator of any kind, check out my website. I have some samples free and, you know, ones that you have to pay for that could yeah. you know take your music to the next level so check it out so good yeah absolutely and on spotify you've got some albums and stuff as well yes um, and i'm sure you're on instagram and all of the social things so all go and check out chelsea mcgow it's been fantastic to have you here thank you so much <laughs> thank for you talking. so let's much, all make sure we show up to the train station yes showing up i'll i'll see you there thanks for having me see joel this was so station. fun yeah <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you.